and might, swinging, swaying, playing, prancing, ghostly, goblin, gaily, dancing, skip and hop, oh, never stop, oh, from the place where they've been hiding, slipping, sliding, they come riding, oh, And welcome back to the Nightshades Echo. That was the American Quartet from 1912 with Skeleton Rag. We are back. After several months, I think. It's been a while. Sorry. We had life again. Yeah. Well, and then just, um, it was never, it just kept not being a good time to do a podcast. We're busy, and so we only have certain times that we can do this. Yeah, it's currently really late at night. (laughs) Yeah, and we already did work today, and so finding time to do this has been kind of hard, and then when we do have time to do it, I just haven't wanted to do it. Um, I'm perpetually exhausted, and that's my fault, because I'll be like, okay, I think it was like last month, I was like, yes, we need to do our Solwyn podcast, and then I would fall asleep putting my son to bed, So, and then once I fall asleep, I'm really cranky. Y'all don't want me to do a podcast. I literally, right before we did this, I said, are we doing this or not? Because otherwise I'm going to sleep. You know I'm going to go to sleep. So, thankfully, we are doing the podcast. So, welcome. Yes. So, as we've already said, and our intro was spooky music, Solon is coming up as this weekend. I'm super excited about Halloween. You know, we're having like this big event at my shop. Yeah, for Halloween, and super excited about it. We're going to the little Mystic Market, so we're excited. It's one of our favorite holidays besides, I guess, Yule or Christmas. Yeah, definitely Christmas is my favorite. But Halloween's pretty pretty close up there, too, though. Yeah, I mean, the other holidays don't really compare. I feel like these are, besides Thanksgiving, which we can cover at a later date, Like I feel like are the most important important ones as far as like traditional christian um holidays go i'm not even big on thanksgiving though so um i'm not anymore the older i get yeah the older i get the more i don't care about it however christmas and thanksgiving or christmas and halloween are still even fourth of july i've gotten to really really like fourth of july that you have yeah well, and it's just... I think it helps having kids, too, though. It's fun with the fireworks. Yeah, when you don't have kids and you're not into partying, like, other holidays really don't matter. Like, we don't party. We don't go out. We don't go hang out with other people. Memorial Day or Labor Day. Or, which everyone at that point know, is going camping and going on the river and going floating. Which none of that care. I care about. We don't do any of that. We are not outdoorsy people. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't like the sun. The sun is evil, in my opinion. I don't like getting dirty. Yeah. And bugs. Swimming. I like. We like to swim, but like in a contained area, not like... In a nasty pond with fish nibbling at you. Or a lake. What? <laughs> yeah, they're going to get your toes. Yeah. It's fine. I swim in Wapapella. It's gross. Listen, Susan's I'm... nails keep scratching the microphone. <laughs> They're so they're so long, you guys. I went to go uh, touch my face, and sorry, I was a little too close. I can't really edit that. Yeah, saber tooth claws. You know, no, though I know I don't. In fact, I got okay. If you know anything about nails, and you're listening to this, I had stiletto nails. I'm with my sets since having weight loss surgery. I have very thin nails, and then once they get to a certain point, I can only do so many. Acrylic fills. So my first set with this were literally so sharp they were actual weapons. I could probably slice someone's neck off. Now they're just like an almond or like a catnail. But they're not super pointy anymore. They're just like relaxed, I guess. (laughs) They could still hurt someone though. I can open up packages. I think that's why they're dull. I got a shipment in this week and I literally was just opening up boxes with my nail. I don't know how I should feel about that, but it's true. I did do that. We did have the Hunter's Moon here recently. What was this, last week? Yes. yes. Last week? Middle of the week, I think. Yeah, sometime this last week, like, 
Wednesday or Thursday, sometime between there, maybe Tuesday. Anyways, so last year the Hunter's Moon was actually on Halloween, which I think it's every 13 years or something like that is on Halloween. So it was a rare thing last year. I mean, but we weren't into. We were. We did. We were diving into. We were. We were barely nibbling into paganism. It was our very first Sabbath that we actually uh, did yes. as a family um, because that was, I started my liquid diet literally the day after. So I remember us deciding that we were going to do like a traditional meal. So I made like harvest stuff. So we did stuff with potatoes. I think that was when you made us do, I did the beets for you that for the first time. <laughs> yeah. We did beets. Gross. The second time I made beets, it was a lot better. Um, but We tried to make the soul cookings, cookies, but I forgot, or I accidentally put baking soda instead of baking powder. They didn't the really fluff up like they were and supposed to. they were nasty. They were not they, good. I don't think they <laughs> were nasty. Lily liked them, but I did not like them. They taste like flour. Oh, I guess that didn't really bother me because I like gluten. <laughs> Yeah, and I so like we did cards. that. And then I remember Lily was, uh, <laughs> when the trick or treaters came up to the door, she's like, Happy Saw or have a good Saw one. And people are <laughs> and like, I know she uh... do not know what that means, you know. And people are like, Okay. Because <laughs> they didn't know it either. So, yeah, she just wants to be included. Yeah, she loves that stuff. And that's what happens when your kid grows up in a shop. Like, she, both my kids know how to greet people. <laughs> yeah. Like, help. Like, when Lily was three, she'd be like, oh, hello, do you need anything? Goodbye. Hope you have a great day. Like, come yeah. back again. I'm like, oh, my God, you're going to be the best businesswoman. <laughs> yeah. Naturally. I come from a long line of business, men and women, and teachers. So, I guess that's why I'm good at what I do. I was raised right-ish. But with the Hunter's Moon, we did, or I did a, a ritual and the thing about the rituals is it's not like set in stone. It's not like rules on pieces of paper. There's things you can follow, then you can only also do your own thing. Uh, so, like, an example of what I did was I took a piece of paper and I wrote down intentions. And then so I sat outside uh, in my chair, and I lit the, the paper, and I burned it in a smudging bowl while I had the candles going. I had two candles going, and I had incense as well. And this was all You're under welcome. the moonlight. So, uh, that was basically the extent of my ritual. You didn't have to like dance under the moon and the, in the nude or anything weird like that. You know, I think a lot of people think you got to do things like that and you really don't from everything that I've ever read about paganism. It's do your own thing. What you feel is right. What you think is okay. And I like that based, uh, against Christianity because Christianity is, is so many rules. And I think switching from Christianity into, Paganism is that I'm kind of searching for these rules because I'm so used to having the rules in Christianity, and then I'm finding out that there's not any rules. I mean, there are, but you know, you know what I mean. It's much more freedom to do whatever you want to do, how you feel it, how you think it's okay. It's not so linear. It's not like it's you know with the Bible, you have like all these things that you have to do, or you're a very bad person, or you're sinful, or whatever. At least with this. When you get out of that, you realize that it's not, it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, be a good human being. I don't care what, I don't care what you do as long as you're not hurting somebody or myself or, you know what I mean? So it's like, Hey, if you want to hurt yourself, you do, you you know what you do or, you know, just don't hurt me. Don't hurt my family. Don't hurt my friends. We good. I like that. I do like that. And I feel like a hypocrite because Every, all my knowledge has come from everyone else. Like, I guess you would call me an eclectic witch because, like, I know all of these things. Like, I know crystals. I know herbs. I know only history that people have told me, mostly because I don't have time to sit and read anything. So, like, I mostly just, like, if I'm not listening to a podcast, I listen to Ryan when he talks. If he shows me videos, I go and watch that for the most part. Um, and that's where we've learned all over like our Celtic stuff. Mm-hmm. We have, um, who's the guy? Black, Black Dragon Tavern is a very good, uh, YouTube video, uh, source for things dealing with Irish and, uh, Scottish and Celtic, uh, mythologies. However, a lot of it is his own family's teachings and lures. So it could differ from scholarly Another family. sources. Yeah. 
And again, like I said, it's like with paganism, it's whatever you think is right. So if you think he, think that it makes sense what he's saying, then great, because I like a lot of what he says. <laughs> yeah, we like, I like um, the traditions that his family has been able to pass down. Because like, we, we've talked before that a lot of the stuff from like these religions, I guess you, whatever, you know, their teachings, a lot of that was what, word of mouth? Yeah. Between families, and then eventually got written down. So, like, there's a lot that we don't know yeah, the, because it didn't get written down. Yeah, ancient paganism is basically unknown because the pagans didn't believe in writing things down. It was all word by mouth. So the only the earliest accounts we have are from the Romans who came in to uh, invade the Gales. So that's from the Romans that we know of these ancient traditions and festivals and things until it comes, you know, much later. So the modern stuff. And even then they might've gotten it wrong. You never even know. So it's interesting what we've taken away from that. Yeah. For an example, like Wicca is not very old at all. I believe it was like 60 years old and it was uh, created by a couple professors. So that, and you have the Aleister Crawley type stuff as well, which was, you know, that's its own thing. It so is it's, it's man-made, but at least the Wicca part of it, but it's trying to, uh, what's it called? Neo paganism, where they're trying to revive the ancient old ways, yeah, the ancient ways. So I'm not pagan or not Wiccan, but I'm pagan in general. And it's interesting. It's really hard to go back to the old ways when the old ways really weren't. We don't know. So <laughs> we don't know. So me so. being an anthropology major, kind of, I I think that's why I go so much to it because I love the history of you know anthropology and culture and society, and we can we can judge based on other societies what they might have done. So it's, yeah, it's a guessing game, but based on other people's societies and cultures, we can kind of guess what they might have been doing, which is pretty neat. And if, if both me and Susan have, you know, Scottish, Irish ancestry. Welsh, like the yeah. whole area. I'm, I, I think my ancestry, I'm like 98% European, which I think like 85% of that, I'm pretty sure is Irish, British. I, yeah. Whereas mine, I'm like as white as you can get, and I'm uh, I'm Sc- Scottish, Irish, uh, Welsh, Scandinavian. So the only thing I don't have is like that Scandinavian. I mean, I've got French German, which I have French German on both sides of my family. So I'm, you know, I I think out of all that, like I said, that's what makes up the rest of me. I'm like whatever it is, the most amount is like the Irish. So. I do lean more towards Irish stuff. My grandpa was very much into his heritage. And, um, you know, he used to sing his songs all the time that were, like, passed down. And um, I really wish that we would have recorded more of, like, what he would say. And, you know, they went at one point over to Ireland, and they did their own thing over there with... I think they were over there for, like, a couple weeks with, like, our entire family. They went and saw, like... The castle that we got over there, like our plot, you know. So I feel like we've got a lot of um, Celtic ties. You know, my grandpa was really into, like I said, his ancestry and his heritage and his culture. So I am, I feel like I'm pretty proud to represent that and study it and learn it. And Whereas mine. Teach it to our kids. Whereas mine and nobody in my family cares about the ancestry. It's true. Because mm-hmm. we were originally taught that we were Indian or Native American. And that, Same. Ter- that determined to be a lie. Uh, so I've had to rediscover my ancestry, which I did, and found out that I'm a whole hell of a lot of Sc- uh, Scottish <laughs> that I didn't realize. Yeah. We thought we were Irish, in which I'm like, I'm, I am Irish, but a little bit, you know, we're Scottish is much more. So It's interesting, because I think just like where we live, though, is... Very German, Scotch, Irish. You do, yeah, we, all of us pretty much. And then uh, there's always a hint of native, because... It's actually pretty prevalent here in the south, especially in like um, the southern part of Missouri. I feel like we get southern more Missouri, Tennessee, well, Kentucky. Exactly, and I feel like the more you go towards Oklahoma, the like the stronger the ties get. Like if you say you're native, you're more likely to probably have native in you than we probably do over here. I feel like well, definitely in Oklahoma because that's where Tahlequah is at. Well, and I feel like it's um, over time. We've just. I'm not saying that my family isn't native or have native in it. It's just that it gets so um, watered down. Like, you have to think about how how much DNA has to be, you know, like, split. So, um, 
I definitely believe that we have native in my family because it does pop up for me. It's just so minute. You know, um, my grandpa always said that I think they must have had less than what they thought that my great-grandma did because they're definitely native-looking, but they also have Irish mixed in. So, like, that's a lot of where that, you know, comes into play. Is like, the older he gets, the whiter my grandpa looks to, you know. Well, he's not outside. Growing up, he looked very native. So, that's what, you know, I went to all, like, just like you, we went to all the native classes. We learned actual, like, native culture. Um, We learned all these things. I went to all these camps growing up. My parents taught me these things. And then to, like, when you get older, when you find out that, like, you're like, hey, I'm not Native at all. It's like a slap in the face. It really was because, I mean, growing up, I even had, like, a choker and I had regalia and arrowheads, of course, and all that stuff. I mean, your aunt looks very Native. And I'm sorry. And the DNA test says, you've got 0%. I'm like, oh, do I? So I get rid of all that stuff because it's not my ancestry. I, well, like I, I immediately felt disconnected from it when I saw that. Well, and I've talked to other people about the, the culture because, you know, what if you had grown up thinking that you were Scottish this entire time to find out you're not Scottish? It's the same thing. But you know what I'm saying, though? Like I I'm, did. I, I, we grew up thinking we were like a 20 or 16th Cherokee or whatever, and then ends up it was nothing at all. Whereas I was like... One-third Scottish and didn't even know it. So that means, like, one of my great-grandparents were, like, full-blooded, you know? Yeah. So it's it's just interesting. You know, I definitely suggest, like, if you have any questions at all about your ancestry, I, Christmas time is the best time to get the kits because they're usually on sale. Or, like, um, very at, right after Christmas because, like, they're like, oh, hey, people want to spend some money, so yeah, they put stuff like on sale. I bucks for mine a couple of years ago. Yeah, I want to say my dad got a buy three or buy two, get one free. And my um, 23andMe, I got the health and the DNA, so they're like 100 or 120 a piece. So if you get $100 free, I mean, that's pretty good and, in my and opinion. people do uh, worry about the accuracy, and I want to say that it linked me to a cousin and to my aunt. And I'm not linked to them on my profile or anything. So it did link me to them and said that that was what they were. So it, that was correct. And then my, my cousin, Deva, actually found a brother she didn't even know she had through there. So Yeah, cool. I mean, it's stuff like that that you're like, whoa. Like, we have definitely found family. I mean, my dad's on this mission to find every single living person that's related to us. 15th cousin twice removed. I mean, like, yes. I mean, crazy things like that. And I'm like, you know, Dad, if that's what makes you happy, then great. You know what I mean? But I'm like, I don't know these people. I'm 30 years old almost, you know, There's at no this connection. point. <laughs> I don't feel connected to these people, but clearly my dad does. And I, I understand that we actually found a um, half-sibling of my grandpa he did not know anything about. And, um, you know, my grandpa's already deceased and passed. So it's just interesting that, like through DNA, we were to find we found a um, a great aunt for me through DNA that no one knew about. It's just it's just crazy. So it's you know leading back to like paganism and like Wicca and stuff. A lot of people don't even realize how many ties they probably even have to that. If you think about it, because you know our areas flush. With Celtics and Norse people and, you know, stuff like that, that have ties to Wicca and magic. paganism well, and like, magic. And magic, and, we, we talked to Catherine, she's from, like, Louisiana, but we have that here, too, with the Appalachian magic. You know, old well, folk and I'm from, and stuff, we're yeah. from, like, West Virginia, Louisville area, so, like, that area is prevalent with old old timey yeah, like Appalachian magic that's no joke <laughs> a lot of them were were Dutch Irish Scottish a right. lot of those were Scottish Irish people mm-hmm. so that's called that old Appalachian magic which we could do a whole episode on that as well so. we should because I'd like we to could, get Catherine's have, input I was about to say we could have Catherine on she could talk to us about Catherine it, so. um Stovall she is an author artist um she sells items at my shop she's local but um she's I want to say she has what 23 books i think she has written and um 15 to 17 at any given time you can purchase online 
She used to go to conventions all over. She does folk art. She loves to do art. She also makes um, poppets, poppets, wish poppets, and stuff, which to us is some hoodoo, hoodoo. Yeah, they're almost kind of like mini hoodoo dolls. Yeah, which there, it's like some, it's some Cajun stuff. Because I mean, from where she's at, when she talked to me about how she came about it, you know, I find it very interesting how a lot of people are doing magic or like things related and have don't no idea. have no idea. I can guarantee you that you do something that has to do with magic. We should talk pagan- about that. Or paganism in your life. You do something every single day, do, whether, whether you know it or not. Do we want to cover that today or no, another episode? Because I think we could do a whole episode yeah. where we talk about things where we're like currently, because we are experiencing this now where it's like, I learn something every day where I'm like, Oh, okay. I didn't realize <laughs> that I've been practicing magic this entire time. I feel like I would call myself an eclectic witch. Oh, you seasoned your food? You're a witch. Ooh, spicy. <laughs> but, I mean, I think I'm just taking a little bit of everything from everywhere just because I am getting this knowledge from, like, all these different people who experience different things. So they teach me about the metaphysical and medicinal properties of not only crystals, but herbs. And they teach me culture and things about the craft. Um, and we are starting a new podcast that specifically with one of my friends. Um, that's going to be just about stuff relating to the craft. So this is more like paganism type stuff. Yeah, Because you know? I personally, I'm not witchy. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't care to be a witch. Or anything like that. I love the paganism. I like that, the lore and all that stuff. But the actual, like, being a witch and let's do some spells. And so I don't care about that. That's just me, though. That's just not... That, well, and you I'm also, not interested in that. Yeah, but you also... Um, you know, I feel like you have deities where I don't. I don't necessarily have deities. Mm. I don't. I really don't, though. I don't pray. I don't pray. I've never, I don't, I didn't feel comfortable praying when I was a Christian. Okay, well, when you did your Hunter's Moon, who, who, did, what were you speaking to? I the just say universe? it out loud. To the universe? Yeah, to the universe. Just, just to whoever's listening. Okay, so when you're doing stuff for Odin and whatnot, you don't consider that? I don't do anything for Odin. I don't, I don't mention a name. I like certain ones and I think they're neat because I like the lore behind them. But I don't pray, I don't dedicate something to them. Hmm. What about Green Man? Mm-hmm. I guess I like it. But I don't like, Mr. Green Man, can you please help me do this? No. I heard Mr. Sandman, except I heard Mr. Mr. Green Man. Anyways, we're going to talk about Sawin, as we've already mentioned four or five times. Yes, sorry. it's We're almost 30 minutes into this podcast. We're going to talk about the lore and the traditions as well as some things you could do at home and uh, tools and preparation and incenses and candles and colors and things like that that go along with Sawin. So Sawin or Samhain, if you're from America, which is spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, is pronounced Sawin because it's a Gaelic Celtic word. So, of course, the date of Sawin is October 31st. And like we've covered in other podcasts, Ancient pagan cultures, say that four times fast. Ancient pagan cultures, ancient pagan culture, yeah, ancient, yeah. Yep. yeah. Ancient pagan cultures, they uh, started the day at sunset. So sunset to sunset. So actually, we could do this October 31st through November 1st. I've seen it anywhere from October or 31st. 30th through the 2nd as well. Well, I've seen the 1st, the 3rd to, I, I've seen it, I've seen it online like all the different ways. Yeah, so there's there's a whole... And even some I've read where they you did an what? entire week or two weeks. You know what I was just thinking? I wonder if they do the dates like that for us in the modern times because they throw in leap day. Well, Because it, that throws things well, off. Well, it's because of the Gregorian calendar where... No, I know that, but I'm talking about like weeks. modern. Like, are they, are they saying that because depending on the year, if it's a leap no, year, the time they, changes. the day started when it got dark. I'm talking about the day celebrated anywhere from the the 30th 
31st to no, the 3rd? Like I've read in some, certain spots that they would have like a two-week celebration. Well, I heard that about Maybon too. Yeah. It just depends what sect that oh, you're following. I'm guessing, you know, once you run out of food, I guess the party's over. Yeah, once you get so drunk that you're passed out, then let's do it again tomorrow. I guess. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> but that's just me. So, other names. November Eve, Feast of the Dead, Feast of the Apples, Hallow's Eve, and All Hallow's Eve. Ooh. Anyways, it's possible we're reading this off of Wicked.com. It's a great source for um, a beginning person into pagan. It tells you about candles and things like that. Yeah, just go to WICCAWICCAWICCA.com. That's where they, I'll tell you, the website could be more mobile friendly. Also, it's called, I think, Celtic Connection is what well, the name of it. Um, yeah, but they, that's, I, that's just like what they say on the top. Yeah. So like, I think it's like a, like a banner. Yeah. So anyways, Sawin's possibly the biggest festival of the witch's year, of course. Samhain is a time to remember those who have passed on and celebrate the summer's end and prepare for the winter's month ahead. The sun god and the earth fall into slumber as the nights lengthen and winter begins. Now, a lot of us don't, we take for granted now that we have grocery stores. However, back in the day, you would do this at the end of fall. You would have all your food stored for what you would eat during the winter because you can't grow crops during the winter. You can't grow meat during, (laughs) grow meat. Have your pigs and your cows and things during the winter. You got to slaughter that up and get it ready for the winter. And if you didn't do that, you was going you died. hungry. You died. So very, very important time uh, for a person of the ancient cultures. Also, uh, with it being the end of the harvest, I read that there was a mythology behind that that anything that was collected after Solwyn was deemed bad luck. So if you left some melons or you left some pumpkins out in the field, too bad, because if you got those, then you would have bad luck and probably die. Samhain means end of summer and is the third and final harvest festival. There is a old mythology that uh, the green man or the, I can't remember which tree he represents of the 13 trees of the Celtic calendar, but him and the, I think it's the holly and the oak tree, or the oak god and the holly god, have a battle on Samhain, and the one god prevails and rules until Bealtaine, and where they fight again, and then the other one rules until the end of Samhain. So it explains the rotation of the seasons and why they get they get weak. The yeah, sun, you know the days and, get shorter and shorter. I think and, I've mentioned that on one of the other podcasts. It's it's totally possible. I mean, it is interesting, though, when we talk about this story or you read about it, because, um, you know, people were, would do things like that. Oh, well, you know, how else do you explain why the sun goes away for so long? You know, how else do you explain that to people? So they come up with, like, their, their own stories. Like, hey, it's like, you know, cause a lot of times I think it's for children, yeah, you to know, help you tell explain it, kind of like a metaphor, like right. in the Bible. Like, oh, the sun god and the moon god, but you know, or whatever, like they fought, and then therefore, now we have dank time. <laughs> yeah, and like God's bowling when it thunders, you know, things like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or Thor's angry or whatever. Various other names for this greater Sabbath, which we don't like really saying Sabbath because it's a Jewish word. Greater festival or or, I don't know, what do you want to call it? A, uh, a holiday. I guess holiday. Third Harvest, Samana, Day of the Dead, Old Hallowmas, which is Scottish or Celtic, Vigil of Salmon, Shadowfest, and Sam Hwine. Also known as All, ha- All Hallows, I can't really ever say that, All Hallows Eve, the day actually falls on November the 7th, and Martinmas, which was the, uh, the fest of uh, one of the saints. And that's celebrated on November the 11th. Samhain is now generally considered the witch's new year. Where the calendar kind of starts over. Yeah. Think of like when you're looking at like the, think like Zodiacs. When You know how it starts with one and ends with one. You don't, um, like I'm a Pisces. I'm the 12th. I'm the last. And that's technically at the end of February. So it's just, you know, think about it like that. It just, 
it's a different wheel. <laughs> Some of the traditions prefer November the 1st as Samhain as well. It is one of the two spirit nights each each year, and the other is Beltena. And we talked about this on the wheel. If you look at Beltena and you look at Samhain, they're on opposite sides of the wheel. And people believe that this is when the veil thins. So, okay, so Beltena, uh, the fire festivals and stuff, is considered like a festival of the living. That's when you want to reprocreate and like get married. It's all about life and living and trying to bring more life into this world. That's why if you were going to get married or try to have kids, you would do it on this that night or that festival. Um, and Samhain is another, I think it's the last fire festival of the year. Um, and this is about celebrating the dead. So when the veil is so thin, you know, we That's can why contact. It's spooky time. It's spooky time because all the scary shit happens. You get all the spirits. They come across people's um, psychic um, and intuition type powers. That's what you want to call the it. Veil or is thin so you're able to see them. You're yes. So you're more sensitive to things right now. It doesn't help that right now here in um, the end of the month of 2021 for October. You know, we still have majority of our planet still in retrograde so everything's a little wonky especially with the veil in the spirit world so you know everyone always makes a joke about it but this is like real <laughs> about how thin things are right now between um you know where we are in the spirits so just as a forewarning originally known as the feast of the dead this holiday was celebrated in Celtic countries by leaving food offerings on the altars and doorsteps for the wandering dead. Today, a lot of the practitioners still carry on that tradition. Single candy, candles were lit and left in the window to help guide the spirits of the ancestors and loved ones home. Extra chairs were set at the table around the hearth for the unseen guest. Apples were buried along the roadsides for the paths for the spirits to eat them when they got hungry, and also for those that didn't have any descendants to go to. Turnips were hollowed out and carved to look like protective spirits, for this was the night of magic and chaos. So yeah, if you didn't catch that, they carved turnips. Jack-o'-lanterns as pumpkins is a relatively kind of new thing within the last hundred years or so. Is it because we don't really grow turnips? Like yeah, they came out of uh, <laughs> they came out of favor. Turnips were much turnips were much more used than eaten back then because they were an easy crop because I, I believe you can grow those during the winter as well. Turnips you can. So that would have been something that everybody would have grown because they would have eaten those during the winter. You know what I mean? Because, well, yeah, because the, aren't they kind of fibrous? So you would want to, you would yeah, eat that and it would like keep you full, right? Potato, it's like a sweet, weird potato thing. Weird potato rutabaga. Yeah. It's a root, turnip gourd thing. In fact, you know, you leave them out in the field. Like if you are deer hunting and you want to, like do a field up for deer to eat is you leave turnips out in the field and let them rot because they turn sugary and the deer love them. I they didn't will, know they, they turn sugary. Yes, they will tear a field up for some turnips. Hmm. They get really I did sweet. Not know that. Yep. Uh, I believe actually there was a, a museum in England that has a jack o' lantern that is a turnip that's like two hundred years old. How's that still like? Because it just dried. Oh, uh, like. Uh, not calcified, but like uh, mummified. Whatever. And you it's creepy as all get out. I have to. Is it? Yeah, so I'd I'll love have to, to link that in the show notes. Super creepy. Look, it looks like a little head. Ew. That's the, nasty. The wee folk become very active, pulling pranks on unsuspecting humans. Traveling after dark was not advised. People dressed in white, like ghosts, wore disguises made of straw, or dressed as the opposite gender in order to fool the nature spirits. So the, we had we had. So you wouldn't get People kidnapped. People in drag? Yeah, so they wouldn't get kidnapped. <laughs> That's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's going to say that in here. Yeah, so this article doesn't mention it, however. Uh, so, like I said, another thing for the jack-o'-lanterns and the dressing up was in the olden days when the Catholics came in and made all the pagan gods evil, <laughs> uh, the... The people would light these jack-o'-lanterns and put them on the edges of town, right? Or around your house. So that Caternunos wouldn't come in and eat your kids. Like Krampus. He was also the god of the changelings. And that was a time where the changelings would come in and kidnap your kids and leave fey folk in their place. Like star children? 
Not Star Children. The one with the black eyes. What are those black called? Black-eyed kids. No. Is it kind of like no, that? No, because the only difference that you would be able to tell is if your kid had, like, a bad attitude or the baby wouldn't stop crying unless it had, like, silver in its hand or something like that. So, okay. And, like, only you could tell it was a changeling. Everybody else, it would look the same. Is it because you know your child? Yeah. Like, no. And so a lot of times, maybe. kids end up getting killed due to... Uh, either you throw them in the lake and see if they swim. If they swam, they weren't a changeling. But if they drowned, they were a changeling. Most people probably didn't know how to swim back then. So you'd be drowning kids. Regardless. Yeah, regardless. And also, <laughs> I've, I've read several uh, stories of where the family would put a iron sto- staker, you know, like a... That's really hard. Yeah, like a, a iron branding iron to the kid. That, that's, that and would the kid kill end up kids. Di- yeah, end up killing the kid. Well, not only from the pain and trauma, but like infection. Yep. You would end up killing the kids because of that. Oh yeah, let's uh, burn the f- let's burn our kids. Because of course the kid's going to say, "No, I'm not a fairy." You know, oh, you're a liar. Ouch! Stop. No, yeah. Man. So I that made me feel ill. It's interesting because you were talking about um, talking about that because you know we they talk about that like like. Krampus, like if you did not act right and you weren't good, basically for Santa, the, in these other countries we talk about Krampus. Krampus. Well, Krampus was going to come and eat your kids, or he'll, um, he'll put them in a sack and take them back to hell. Or um, Bell uh, Bell's nickel, like they have like a whole thing about Bell's nickel, how they'll come in and beat you and all your kids if you don't leave treats and, sh- and stuff. So like, <laughs> you know, I wonder if this is almost like the recite this, a poem. If not, I whoop you with this stick. Well, I wonder if this is like a similar thing of like, oh, well, you better be good or you're gonna get kidnapped. You know, like that. I, that's some stuff that we would tell our kids. Like, oh, you better act right, or you know, you're gonna you're getting nothing get for a, Christmas. You're not getting anything for Christmas, or you're gonna get into big trouble or you know like with my daughter if she runs off i'm like you gonna get got you know you get to a certain point and you take off even though you're old enough to know better like you're gonna get hurt like i wonder if that's like the same thing but yeah, just a, for like in the middle of the yeah, year it's a, it's a boogeyman tale yeah definitely it'd be the same thing just how they had what, what they you know their customs and their culture that's what they what they said instead the Christian religion is adopted this day as All Saints Day or All, All Hallows Eve. Celebrate, Why All Saints Day? Celebrating the Eve as All Hallows Eve or Halloween. The superstition and miscon- misconception linked to the celebration by the early church led people to take some, some unusual precautions to protect themselves. They adopted the tradition of dressing in frightening costumes or disguises and displaying scary-looking jack-o'-lanterns to help protect them from the spirits they considered to be evil. In the British Isles, the young people would disguise themselves with hideous masks and walk around the village, lighting their way with the lanterns made from carved turnips. This was also the time that the cattle and the other livestock were slaughtered for eating in the ensuing winter months. You know, any crops still in the field on Samhain were considered a taboo because at that point, like, if it was not good to pick before then, it's not going to be good to pick afterward. You know, they saw that as, like, a bad sign or, like, omen, you know? Um, and at that point, like they just let it to rot, which would have been good for the fields. Not that they really realized that, but they kind of saw that as like an offering to, uh, nature and the nature spirits. Bonfires were built originally called like the bone fires after, um, they were used for feasting and the bones were thrown into the fire, like from, uh, what they ate. So like pork bones or, you know, cow bones or anything that they would have eaten at that time. Um, and again, that they were thrown into the fire for the offerings for healthy and plentiful livestock in the new year. Uh, stones were marked with people's names as well. Uh, then they were thrown into the fire to be retrieved in the morning. The condition of the retrieved stone foretold of that person's fortune in the coming year. Hearth fires were also lit from the village bonfire to ensure unity and the ashes were spread over the harvested fields to protect and bless the land, which is interesting because they do something 
similar now, you know, they go in and burn the fields for the nutrients. So back in the day, they were saying, oh, well, we're going to spread the ashes of all these good things to make sure our stuff is great. But in reality, they were really, you know. Or is it a pagan tradition that they do now? And they just want everybody to think that it's nutrients. Mm. Because I was about to say, because we live really close to the fields. We live in the middle of fields. And they do. They sit there and they burn them and burn them and burn them. And everyone always says, like, you know, um, that's to help put nutrients back into the crop, like into the ground. You know, they don't plant the same thing twice in a year in the same spot to make sure that the, I guess you're keeping the soil on its toes. So if this is all like paganness stuff. I don't know. I feel like my bl- mind just got blown. Like I was genuinely like looking at my husband just now, just like what? What? So now we'll go over some of the uh, things associated with Halloween or Salmon symbolism: the third harvest, the dark mysteries, rebirth through death. Symbols: gourds, apples, black cats, jack o' lanterns, and besoms. What are besoms? Is it a, is that a flower? Could I feel be. like it's a flower. Um, for colors, we're looking at black, which a lot of times people would think black is bad, but in reality, like in regards to Wicca paganism, black, if we're talking about candles or anything like black is for protection. Yeah. You always hear that like, Oh, black candles and cats and that's actually protection. That's not a bad or evil thing. Well, and it can be used for psychic protection, regular protection, like physical protection. It can also be used for, um, like psychic stuff. There's a lot of different things black is used for. It's interesting, though, because black is considered, like, a color associated with bad things. But I think depending on, like, what it is, that would determine, like, if it was bad or not. Um, but, like, you've got black, we've got orange, white. White is an all-purpose color if we're tra- in regards to, like, um, other things because it's, like, pure. It's, um, it's just used for... Again, like a placeholder for other things if you don't have it. Um, silver and gold, Herbs. which are good for lots of things. Herbs. We have allspice, calendula, catnip, chrysanthemum, deadly nightshade, hazel, heliotrope, mandrake, mint, mugwort, nutmeg, oak leaves, sage, straw, thistle, wormwood. Okay, so I want to talk about catnip and mugwort. Um, I love that they were using these. Some of these are meant for, um, for like divination boosters, lucid dreaming, astral projection, um, increasing any psychic powers that you might have. If you're looking to do any of that, catnip is kind of, I wouldn't call it like an all purpose herb, but it nearly is. Um, at this point, I don't know of anything directly that it can't be used for, but. I am still a novice, so, you know, just take that for what you will. But uh, my friend, she's with a company called Niphead, and she locally grows her own catnip. It's very potent. She, when she's doing all of that, she is literally sowing all of her magic into her plants so that way whenever it is used for magic related purposes it is literally so potent we put it in pretty much everything Uh, but with catnip and mugwort again those can be used for lucid dreaming if you're sleepy you can use it to go to sleep if you're trying to do it for divination purposes you know you can use it for those they're very powerful especially if they're locally grown or organic that's even better because commercially stuff is just it's just not as good. I just kind of wanted to point that out because some of these are not, um, they're not necessarily like divination boosters, but those two in particular are. In case you're trying to do that for your rituals for Samhain. Traditional foods: we have ale, apples, beef, bread, cakes for the dead, cider, cranberry muffins, gourds, grains, mold wines. Nuts, pork, poultry, pumpkin pie, and turnips. Um, one thing for uh, this time of the year, and especially for Samhain, would be stew, like beef stew, or like a, um, what do we Not doing? even necessarily beef. Yeah, <laughs> what do we stew. normally have? What is that what we have? The Roast. Yeah, we have roasted potatoes. That'd be a, a really good thing. Also, uh, potatoes in general, mashed potatoes, 
is a big deal. Basically, anything that's like really hearty and it'll fill you up. Thick, fill you up, make you sleep good. Yep. For hibernation for the winter. Pretty much, you want to get filled up. Um. So, if you're going to light any incense, um, you can use heliotrope, mint, nutmeg, sage. Uh, you could light mugwort. Uh, incense for divination boosting during this time. And stones you would use aquamarine, jet, and obsidian. I'd like to add to this list. Um, I don't know why aquamarine's on the list specifically. I'm not sure. But jet and obsidian are very powerful uh, protection stones for on the psychic level. Um, they're really good at warding off EMF. But if you're going to do anything today, you can add some other things. Quartz is always an amplifier, okay? So quartz is always a good thing to have, but just not by itself. Like you want to use that to amplify your other stones. If you're trying to make it so that you're protecting yourself um, and you're an empath, I would choose Dalmatian Jasper. The Jasper and that's what's grounding, okay? And then the black tourmaline, which is the black spots, is what's your psychic protection. So it's really good for those who need like a double whammy stone. Uh, Black tourmaline obviously will help. Black stones in general are great. You can include black onyx or black agate in that. Um, You could do other divination boosting things like feldspars, so labradorite. Gabbro Indigo, because they call that the Mystic Merlin Stone. Um, you've got Lavacrite. I never say that right. It's like a, it's a brother to Labradorite. You've got Rainbow Moonstone Ammonite. The fossil is really great for um, enhancing psychic powers. So there's just like a few other things that I would include in that list if you were looking to dabble. While the veil is so thin, uh, just make sure to protect yourself. Don't do any crazy seances because you will end up taking some something home. Yep. A- FYI. Okay. And so if you're going to have an altar or a ritual space, here's some of the things that the author recommends having. And of course, like we said, you can have any any number of these or do whatever you want. These are, this is just a guide because if you've never done it before, it's something yeah. to start you off with. So you'd want an orange or a black alt- altar cloth. A cauldron, a wand, a black tapered goddess candle, and a black tapered god candle, two carved turnip uh, turnip candle holders, a black candle, a white candle, an apple, a bowling, which I have no idea what that is, a plate of fruit, vegetables and bread, pictures of your dead uh, your <laughs> of your dead ones, pictures or mementos of departed loved ones, and incense. And that there's a ritual prayer and saying and things down here below this article, which I will post in the show notes if you want to take check that out. Which, in regards to altars, um, candles are a big part of, like, our rituals just in general. Um, If you don't have any of the colors, a tea light will work. A white tea light that you can get, you can get a pack of them for a dollar at the Dollar General or Dollar Store of some sort. You can get them really cheap. They are all-purpose, okay? And they stay lit for quite some time, even if it seems like... It's been going forever. I promise you, when you blow it out, you could use it again. Okay? So, when you're using that, um, you know, you can just use tea lights. You don't have to be fancy. You don't have to have all the smudge bowls and stuff. I definitely can uh, think smoke cleanses are great for any time you're going to do a ritual. um, Just so that way your message gets received by the universe. Um, And for your altar, just like, make it yours. You just have the things that you want to have, and if you end up liking something in particular, you put it with your altar. It doesn't have to be anything like super specific. We're, it, this is just to give you ideas in case you don't have one. Oh, by the way, a besom, I believe, was a type of broom because it mentions down in the article that um, pagans used to ride their besoms through the fields jumping as high as they could. This was to show the god or the goddesses how high they wanted their crops to grow for the next year. Oh, snap. Also jumping is this up, where how high comes from? You that, know they say. And also how witches fly on brooms. Uh, also jumping over bonfires at the Sabbath festivals was good for health and prosperity, which I jumped over the Bealtaine Flame this year. Do you remember? 
Yeah, you did it very badly. <laughs> but no, I want to go back to the how high because, you know, we do have that quote and that saying, and I now just got my mind blown. Because, you know, when you say, like, if someone wants you to do something, you say, well, how high? Yeah. You know, like, well, how much of stuff do you really want me to do? I'll do it. You know, so I'm like, is that where that comes from? You better be a good jumper if you want your crops to be good. Now I'm like, holy crap. It's like, again, how many things in our day, I got goosebumps. How many things do we do and say that we think are just innocent quotes really are like pagan? (laughs) It's like on a daily. I get educated daily on things that we say and we do. And I like just now, like, oh my God. Or seeing I say, oh my God, but Mm -hmm. like, you know. Out of habit. Out of habit. You know, I've been, some called it a reformed Christian (laughs) or a defected Christian or whatever. Listen. Catherine called me a godless heathen earlier. Yep. (laughs) Because she's one too. And she'll tell you that too. Um, It's just interesting, you know, how much we still take away from Christianity. But then that Christianity is actually. So ingrained into you that you don't even think about it. Well, no, babe. The fact that like so much of it is pagan related, they oh, yeah. literally just stole everything and called it their own and then said, you're bad people because you're not doing exactly what we're doing. Even though they stole it. And they stole it. Like, wh- think about Maybon. That's also Llamas. Okay, that's a Catholic holiday. That's a Catholic holiday, you guys. Yeah. Please tell me how that works. So, yeah, we can talk about that next time. I'm just saying, there's a lot to be said that Christianity has literally taken away like all these things and made you think that it was evil well, think about and they're all the doing things, it themselves. Think about all the things that were lost to time that we no longer have any record of, you know, because of the Catholic Church. They killed cultures. They literally killed cultures. And they still are. And so in are. other countries now, I mean, like, I'm not saying that other countries aren't doing the same thing about Christians. Well, look at Mexico. Look but, how heavily influenced you know, that is by Catholics. Catholicism. It is, but they also do a lot of things where when you look at it, you're like, hmm. Or the Irish, they're all Catholic. They are, and because a lot of Because they killed are, all the pagans. Yep. It's, so. But then they took over a lot of that stuff and just said, we're calling it something new. That's what's so crazy to me, that instead of, you know, they found what they, I guess it's for so people can understand, they basically gave God a name. Okay, they said, oh, well, this this is what this is, and this is what we're going to call it, so that way everyone is on the same page, and then everyone can understand it. Again, like children's stories, when you have to explain to people what things are, you give them a funny story or something, a story to go along with it so that they remember and understand. So they've been doing this this entire time, which is, that's why my mind gets blown, because I'm now seeing things with, like, fresh eyes where it's like, Wow, thanks, you guys. You yeah. literally took away so much culture from people um, and then literally stole it and called it their own. Sorry. So anyways, we're going to play a couple of Halloween songs that I find interesting and may or may not be copyright-free. So <laughs> the music that you might hear is not ours, and all rights go to the owners of those songs. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Thank you. So this one is from... 1949, it is Bing Crosby, and it's the Headless Horseman. And I'll elucidate what goes on outside when it gets late. Long about midnight, the ghosts and banshees, they get together for their nightly jamboree. There's things with horns and saucer eyes, some with fangs about this side. Some are fat, and some are thin. And some don't even wear their skin. Oh, I'm telling you, brother, it's a frightful sight to see what goes on Halloween night. <laughs> when spooks are having a jamboree, they break it up with English glee. Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed is the headless horseman. He's the worst. That's why he's mine on Halloween night. But when he goes to jogging across the land, Holding noggin in his hand Demons take one looking groan And they hit the 
road. Beware, take care, he rides alone. And there's no spook like Spook and Spur. They don't like him and he's really burned. He swears to the longest day he's dead. He'll show them that he can get ahead. They say he's tired of his flaming top. He's got a yen to make a swap. So he rides one night each year to find a head in the hollow here. Now he likes them little, he likes them big. Or in the middle or awake. Black or white or even red. The headless horseman, he's ahead with a hip, hip and a clippity-clop. He's out looking for a cotton chop. So don't stop to figure out a plan. You can't reason with a headless man. Now, if you doubt this tale is so, I met that spook just a year ago. Now, I didn't stop for a second look. Made for the bridge that spans the brook. But once you cross that bridge, my friend, the throat is power in. So when you're riding home tonight, make for the bridge with all your might. He'll be down in the hollow there. He needs your head. Look out! Beware! With a hip, hip, and a clippity-clop. He's, He's out looking for a head to swap. So don't try to figure out a plan. And of course, that was the Headless Horseman by Bing Crosby. If you remember the, um, was it the Mister Toad and the Adventures of uh, Ichabod Crane from Disney? That's what that was from. So, uh, one of my absolute favorite uh, Halloween shows is the Ichabod Crane and Mister Toad. So, um, next we have well, next the last song that we have is Halloween by the Misfits. This is their fifth single, and it's from 1981. It's called Halloween. Thanks for sticking around. This was the Nightshades Echo. And until next time, this has been Ryan. And this is Susan. Now I am become death, a destroyer of worlds. We all go a little mad sometimes. The Antichrist. You got me in a vendetta kind of mood. 
I think Bigfoot is blurry. That's the problem. It's not the photographer's fault. Bigfoot is blurry. And that's extra scary to me. Because there's a large, out-of-focus monster roaming the countryside. When they land and the hatch opens, perhaps we will be looking at ourselves in the mirror. I, I kind of thought it was people at first, you know, off like that. But of course, when they, when they appeared there in, in front of me, uh, it was the most shock I've ever had in my life. To me, it look like a leprechaun to me. I gotta do a little bit of tree. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? yeah.